Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Definitely need your prayers. Mike here. Good evening. It is the 14th of September. Today is the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. 1,700 years ago, the Holy Cross was discovered by St. Helena, mother of Constantine the Great, St. Constantine. Um, tonight, I'm going to share with you a theory that I have had, and um, I, I'm not so sure that you're going to agree with it, and that's fine. Um, if you disagree or if you want to challenge the theory or if you agree or if you have questions about it, leave them in the live chat if you're watching right now, and I will get to those at the end of the broadcast. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to walk you through my theory. First, I'll give it to you up front. Then I'm going to walk you through the last 90 days and prove it to you. Then I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion at the end of this video. And uh, then I'm going to open it up to you, and you can tell me whether or not you think I'm right or wrong. So uh, let's get right into it, the theory. I have to tell you, I have a, I have a, I have a theory that we are going into a second lockdown. It's, it'll be a global lockdown. We will have another, yet another Black Sunday. I think I was the one who dubbed it Black Sunday back in March of 2020. We saw that it was happening as bishop by bishop. Uh, diocese by diocese fell, fell into darkness and blackness, uh, was cast up across these lands, uh, this nation, this this union of states from sea to shining, shining sea. We were cast into the blackness, the darkness of not having sacraments. Some dioceses were better off than others. Some closed completely, and if you died, you died. 
Uh, in some places, you could get uh, extreme unction uh, if you were about to die, but you certainly were not going to go to Mass. In some dioceses, you couldn't even go to confession. If you were in a state of mortal sin that's between you and God, the priest stepped aside, and the archbishops, especially of Los Angeles, which we're going to get into Archbishop Gomez a lot tonight, but those priests and those bishops and those archbishops considered themselves to be non-essential. That's what happened in early 2020. My prediction tonight is that it's going to happen again. And um, and I think that they are paving the way for it to happen again. And I'm going to walk you through the logic of why I think that um, over the next uh, few minutes here. But they have every incentive to do it. They have every financial incentive to do it. They have every logistical incentive to do it. And they have every power-based political incentive to do it. So we are headed into a lockdown. If you have mass this Sunday, you should go to it. If you have mass tomorrow, you should go to it. I was able to start the broadcast early tonight because uh, mass was uh, actually, I thought that it was at 630 my time and it was really at six. And I only discovered this uh, when it was time to leave if it, we were going to make it to six. Uh, thanks be to God. We did make it for the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. But uh, if you are able to participate in the liturgy of God, that is really the only prayer that is pleasing to God as a group. Um, I saw Dr. Peter Kwasniewski post uh, this morning uh, an unpopular opinion for him. Uh, he posted in, in the uh, traditional Latin Mass uh, group on Facebook, and he said, Guys, I hate to be this guy that says that I oppose having the rosary said uh, like within five minutes of the start of Mass, but we got to have silence, okay? It's one thing to pray the, the rosary as your family, and that's a good thing, and you should do that in front of the fireplace if possible. Um, it's another thing to do it right before the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's very distracting because we're not here as a community to pray the rosary together. We can do that on our off time. We are here as a community to participate in the only liturgy that is pleasing to God, the liturgy of the Church. The only group prayer that is objectively pleasing to God, the liturgy of the church. That is what we participate in when we go to Mass. And my thesis to you is that the bishops and the archbishops are laying the groundwork. The deep church is working against us, and they are planning to shut it down again. And I'm going to show that to you uh, as we go on. So that's my theory up front. All right, to the hundred of you that are watching right now, you already know the bottom line up front. Now I'm going to walk you through why this is happening. Okay, but we have to back up. Let's go to July. Do you remember July? In July, do you remember Father Rothrock in Indiana? I did a whole show about it. I'm showing you the uh, picture of the show I did about Father Rothrock, and it was entitled The Cancel Culture because Father Rothrock got canceled. Why did he get canceled? Well, you can check out the show if you uh, want to hear all the details, but the long and short of it is that he was critiquing Black Lives Matter, which in July, in the heat of July, they were tearing this country apart. They were toppling statues. You saw statues being, uh, being decapitated. Uh, you saw churches being firebombed. There was a church in uh, Florida that was firebombed. There was a church in Los Angeles that was burnt to the ground. The statues of St. Unipero Serra were toppled. They were decapitated. They were defaced. Red paint thrown upon them. There are pictures of this. In fact, I, I don't know if you can tell it just in this little thumbnail image next to me. That red blob that you see next to it is, this, is, the, uh, is a statue of St. Unipero Serra, and he is decapitated, toppled, and covered in red paint. That is what was happening in July. And this priest, diocesan priest in Indiana, Father Rothrock, he gave his commentary in a sermon in which he said that Black Lives Matter 
is a cancer. They are like vultures feasting on an already dead culture. On an already, he said, our culture is already dead. And what feasts upon the dead? Vultures and maggots feast upon the dead. That's just a reality. That's just true. Well, he made that uh, he made that comparison, and his bishop came out of nowhere. Um, I, what is his bishop's name? I remember it was an Irish last name because we're dealing with two Irish bishops, unfortunately. Doherty, Bishop Doherty in Indiana. He was swift like a lightning bolt, like a lightning bolt to come down on Father Rothrock and cancel him. That's July 2nd, okay? So to catch you up on that. Later in that month, still in early July, what broke is the Million Dollar Man. That's right. Bishop Robert Barron, we found out that Robert Barron is a Million Dollar Man. What does that mean? Well, we had just had the PPP, the bailout money, the Paycheck Protection Program, a federal insured bailout program underwritten by the federal government, but distributed through the state and local and and, um, regional banks. So it appeared to be a private thing, right? But it wasn't a private thing. It was a federal thing. PPP went bankrupt within like two weeks because because of the lockdowns, because of COVID-1984. People were losing their livelihoods. People were furloughed, lost their jobs, laid off, sent home. Businesses were shut down. They were told you can't open. You're not essential. And uh, little little fiefdoms were set up all around the country. Little fiefdoms. Like the fiefdom in Portland, Oregon. Like the fiefdom in Washington, D.C. Like the, like the fiefdom in Seattle. Where all power, all possible power was appropriated to these little fauchists. These little fauches who started ruling their fiefdoms with an iron fist, deciding who the winners and losers would be, deciding who was going to get money and not going to get money, deciding who could stay open and not stay open. But it was in early July, it was the 7th of July, in which, uh, in which I, I, can't, I can't see the screen uh, for actually who broke this. I, I don't remember if it was complicit clergy or clean the church, but they broke that Bishop Robert Barron, uh, the leader of the Pants on Fire... Bishop Pants on Fire took a million dollars as a bailout from the federal government. Now, do you think that he had a million dollars in overhead, in lost overhead, lost revenue from from April and May and June and in July? So in three months, do you think he really burned through a million dollars in overhead? I would argue that he didn't. I would argue that if if indeed his overhead was a million dollars in a 90-day period, then he is running a bloated, inefficient, and uh, spectacularly um, ridiculous organization. But I think you and I can both read between the lines. He's not running a million-dollar every quarter organization in overhead. He doesn't have that many people working for him. He's, he's, he's He's an auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles who makes some YouTube videos. It doesn't take a whole lot. As a side project, I make YouTube videos too. I'm not saying mine are as good. His are a lot better. They're very produced, uh, and he's got better cameras, and he has people to do post-production and and editing. But to the tune of a million dollars every 90 days, $4 million a year in overhead, I think not, Your Excellency. I think not. So we found out that just Bishop Barron, the million-dollar man, took a million dollars in federal bailout money just for pants on fire, just for liar, liar, pants on fire. Now, that happened. 
That happened in early July, and that ticked a lot of people off. He came out fighting. Bishop Barron, he came out fighting. I just had to refresh the page to make sure you guys were commenting. I do see comments now. Thanks for being here, guys. That came out in early July, and that ticked a lot of people off, understandably so. Anybody that can do basic math is saying, I don't think this guy's running a $4 million a year operation to make some pretty YouTube videos in which he just merely appropriates images and songs from the traditional Latin mass and passes them off as Vatican II-isms, right? So people got pretty mad. Later that month, ladies and gentlemen, later that month, you see that Bishop Barron, instead of being defeated, instead of admitting his mistake, instead of apologizing, what did he do? He comes out with this. He says, I'm the real trad. Friends, I'm a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist. Do you know how laughable that is, Your Excellency? Do you know what a joke that is? It's just further proof that we're not even speaking the same language anymore. We say things, and we say that words have meaning, but these people use different words than what we're using. They have appropriated the language. They have changed the language. They've appropriated Protestant language. And they believe that language can evolve over time and that words can be divorced of their inalienable meanings. That's what these people believe. That's how they behave. That's how Bishop Robert Barron has behaved. Look at this video. I mean, just, just try to stomach this. I'm, I'm going to have to swallow a big swig of scotch tonight just to get through this video. It's only 12 seconds. Here we go. Well, I'm a traditionalist, meaning I stand in the great uh, uh, tradition of, of Christian revelation, the great tradition of the church, which is a living tradition, which very much includes the Second Vatican Council. Yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. You can't, you can't unhear that one. Um, I'm going to take his face off the screen. So Bishop Barron, we're going to get back to him because he's involved in this at the ground level. But what you saw in July, what you saw in July is that this man launched a full-on assault on you, on me, on Taylor Marshall, on Steve Skojek, on Michael Matt. This man is so angry and so full of hubris and so full of himself, he wanted to police the internet. He came up with a scheme that said that the Auxiliary Bishop of Los Angeles should pol police what faithful Catholics are allowed to say on social media. So in July, he, he, he launches an all-out defense of Vatican II. Video after video, it was like a relentless assault. I couldn't get away from Bishop Barron for like a three-week time span there. Couldn't get away from the man saying outlandish things. He gave the most fevered pitch defense of Vatican II that you have ever heard without actually defending the council. He never once went into the documents of the council. He didn't bring up Lumen Gentium. He didn't bring up Dignitatis Humani. He didn't address the fact that the council documents do not even say the word anathema. They do not anathematize anything. They do not define anything new. He didn't bring up the fact that every single ecumenical council for 20 ecumenical councils have defined dogma and condemned error. That is the purpose of a council, without question. 
if you were to look at the form, matter, and intention of what a council is, and you can do this. The council is like a sacramental. In fact, it's higher than a sacramental. It's not a sacrament, but it's higher than a sacramental, which means it's close to a sacrament. And both sacraments and sacramentals have matter, form, intention. Matter, form, intention. What is the intention of Holy Mass? Ladies and gentlemen, what is the intention? When the priest says, this is my body, what is the intention? It's not whatever the priest makes up at the time. It's not an intention that is to be invented there standing at the altar in front of you when he's facing you or facing away from you. That is not the intention. That is not a valid intention. Even if he invents an intention that is in the spirit of the perennial intention of the church, that is not an intention. You see, the intention is predefined. The intention of the sacrament is predefined. What is the intention of baptism? It is to receive sanctifying grace in baptism. What is the intention of Holy Mass? It is a sacrifice of the Eucharist offered to God. What is the intention of an ecumenical council? The the intention of an ecumenical council is to define dogma and condemn error. That's it. There is no other valid intention. If you, on the fly, invent an intention for a council, then it's not valid as an intention. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that the council isn't valid. That's above my pay grade. But I am saying that it's an intention for a council, that it be pastoral in nature, that it not define anything new, that it not condemn anything because we don't have to condemn anything more in the modern times. I am saying that that intention is novel. It's never been done before. It's never been tried. It is an absolute break. In fact, if you were to call it a a hermeneutic of anything, you would call it a hermeneutic of rupture. That's what you would call it. Again, it's above my pay grade. I'm not going to judge that. But what you saw in July was Bishop Robert Barron, YouTube darling, come out. I mean, well, he didn't come out of the closet yet. But he did come out and say that Vatican II is part of the tradition of the church. And he gave this fevered pitch, defense of Vatican II. Jimmy S.J. jumped in. Jimmy Martin. James Martin. You know, the guy who spreads all of the truths of the Catholic Church, the orthodox uh, beliefs of the Catholic Church, that guy. The one who is so reliable with a huge Twitter following and out on social media all the time. It's never been censored by anybody because everything he says is perfectly orthodox. James Martin. Yeah, James Martin jumped in with him. Supich jumped in. Tobin jumped in. You saw a coordinated effort in the at the end of July to try to justify why Vatican... And it's kind of like, I remember talking about this on another channel. Did you know that I'm on another channel? I'm on the Census Fidelium cha- channel every Friday with Steve Cunningham, who runs Census Fidelium. And I was on his channel on Friday, on one Friday in July or August, and we were just saying, why? Why this... Uh, th- 60 years later, you guys are going to come out of nowhere and try to justify that. I mean, what, what, why the fevered pitch? Um, well, there's a reason. 
And it all ties into my theory that we're going into a lockdown again. And it all ties into my theory that the beloved, Robert Barron, who tells you that there is no hell, or that there is a hell, but that there aren't that many people in it. And, well, and even those people that are in it, they may not be there forever. So, while there might be a hell, technically, a place called hell, we don't have to believe that there's anybody there. That's what this guy teaches. That's what this apostle of the church, this prince of the church, teaches. He doubts whether or not hell may or may not exist. So he and Jimmy Martin, Blaze Cupich, all of them, they get together and they uh, they launch an offensive online on social media, which gets us to this secret meeting. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this secret meeting? The National Catholic Distorter even reported on it. There's a secret meeting held on Zoom because we're socialist distancing still because we're buying into the scamdemic. But who's there? Crux now. National Catholic Distorter. Oh, and our good friends at CNA. CNA, Catholic so-called news, fake news agency, CNA. CNA is going to become a central part of this theme as we go forward as well. So now you've got Bishop Barron colluding with CNA, and CNA is so stupid that they admit it. They actually go out and admit it. Ladies and gentlemen, they think that you are stupid. They go out and there are only two possible reasons why they would publish this article, why they would admit to a top secret meeting with select invite-only Catholic news organizations with Bishop Robert Barron, the darling of the media, who compares himself to Fulton Sheen. Nobody else has ever compared him. No one has ever called him the Fulton Sheen of 2020, except him. So he's a legend in his own mind. We know that. Uh, so Bishop Robert Barron has a top-secret meeting with the NCR, and he invites these people, and then they report on it. There's only two reasons why they would do that. The first is that they were just so elated to be considered legitimate, that they were so elated to even be there, that they were like, wow, we have to run with this. We need to let people know that we're a legitimate news organization. The second possibility is that this meeting got leaked elsewhere in the media and CNA said, well, we got to get the clicks anyway. Now that the cat's out of the bag, can't put the cat back in. Uh, so those are the two possibilities. But these imbeciles at National Catholic Distorter, headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri, told by their ordinary in Kansas City, Missouri, Bishop Finn of Venerable Memory. Well, he's not dead. But he's not the bishop anymore. He's retired. Bishop Finn told them to take the word Catholic out of their name. And by canon law, he had absolutely every authority to do that. They refused to change their name. Look at these people. Here's some recent... I didn't have to do digging here, okay? I didn't have to, like, go back through the archives, Alexis, Nexus. And all. I just scrolled down their page and grabbed a few screenshots for things that seemed to... Jump out at the eye. What is this? What are we looking at here? We should have female cardinals. Abortion isn't a sin. 
We should rethink gay marriage. We need female deacons. These are just your run-of-the-mill, standard, everyday headlines you see at this rag. This rag. Headquartered in Kansas City, told by their bishop to take the word Catholic out of their name. And what do they do? They defy him. They don't do it. What did Mike Voris do when his bishop told him to take the word Catholic out of his name? He obeyed. Even though he doesn't like his bishop, even though he doesn't agree with him, he obeyed. So we're going to see a theme here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, not only with the CNA, but with the NCR. So here we see the NCR failing to obey their bishop. The NCR, the paragon of alt-left Catholicism, trying to ordain women, trying to elevate them to the episcopate, trying to make them cardinals. Then we'll really have an equitable faith, won't we? Then we'll really convert the world if we have female cardinals. That's what we've been waiting for. Christendom had it all wrong. So these are just the headlines that the National Catholic Distorter can get away with. And they don't change their name. Boris changed his name because he's obedient to his bishop in matters of canonical law. He may not be obedient to him tonally. He may not like the guy. You may call him out. You know what? That's what these fools need. That is what these people need. We are to supply the backbone that they are lacking. That's what we have to do. And that's what Bishop Barron is trying to stop. So my thesis here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is that Bishop Barron has gone out of his way to silence the good priests in advance of a lockdown so that when we go into online only, when you are YouTubing your mass and YouTubing your sermons, the good priests are muzzled. And he's laying the groundwork for it, and he's been doing it since July. So let's continue. I'm not, I'm not even halfway done with this. But we're going to get into the juicy stuff now. So the NCR is garbage. Now, I want to make a quick point here. When I had Father Nolan on the show... We were live streaming. He was Skyping in. We were talking about the NCR. You know there were two NCRs. There's the National Catholic Reporter, which is this this dystopian fake Catholic alt-left rag, headquartered in Kansas City, defies their bishop, will not change their name. And then there's the National Catholic Reporter, which everybody came out. And Father, Father said National Catholic Reporter. No, no, he said... National Catholic Register, okay? So he said he said NCR Register that they had come out with some dumb article uh, when it was really the the bad NCR. So so we and then I and then I I sort of heard him and I just went along with it and then we were both we were live and it's very hard to do this live. I'm probably going to make a mistake tonight, okay? In fact, when I get to a certain part of the presentation, I need to correct a mistake I made in my last video, which I'm happy to do. Because it's hard to do this live and say everything perfectly exactly how you would like to say it. Unless you're like going to read a script, which I'm not going to do. And you know I'm not going to do that. And you don't want me to do that, do you? I mean, I'm not going to read this. This is not a scripted thing. This is an interactive thing between us, okay? So there are two NCRs and everyone was like, oh no, the good NCR. Oh, I see someone high from LA. I'm going to talk about Los Angeles. I might even have some pictures. You hang in there. Um, 
oh gosh, how could you do this? It's not the National Catholic Register. They're part of EWTN. And those are the good guys. It's the National Catholic Reporter, and those are the independent guys that are bad guys. Well, ladies and gentlemen, do you know who is also part of EWTN? CNA. Catholic News Agency. CNA, who is a central participant in this conversation. CNA, who was invited to this secret meeting. CNA, who was willingly attending a secret meeting with Bishop Robert Barron to figure out how to silence the conservatives, how to shut down the trads, how to stop the vitriol from the Orthodox believing Sunday attending Catholics. This emergency meeting that happened in July, actually happened in August, just after we found out that Robert Barron took a million dollars from the federal government to stay closed. He took a million dollars from the federal government to stay closed. We reacted, so he counterreacted, and he brought in the CNA to help shut you down, to help shut me down. And the CNA is part of EWTN. So to all of you out there that flipped out that Father Nolan and I had a brain fart and we confused the two NCRs while we were live streaming, well, guess what? CNA is EWTN. So don't tell me that there's a good NCR because they're EWTN. Because I can't distinguish between them anymore. Okay, I wasn't even supposed to get worked up at that point. That was not supposed to happen, but we're going to continue. So, in conclusion, just for the NCR, we're going to pivot off of the NCR, the bad NCR, so-called. They're all bad. So here it is. Bishop Barron hosts an invite only. So he does this thing with these people that don't believe what you believe. They don't believe the Catholic faith. They're heretics. They're not condemned as heretics because we don't have a man in white strong enough with backbone enough to condemn them. We don't have a man in a red hat with the fortitude to condemn them. But you and I know that they're heretics. Becker, I am going to take a break uh, break and a swig and a breath. Thank you, Diana. That's good advice. So then... We're still in August, okay? We're still in August. So these people are plotting. These people are plotting against you, against me, against Taylor Marshall, against Gojek. They're plotting against all of us, okay? They want to shut us down. And what happens? Father Altman says, oh, yeah? Is that what you want to do? So this is where I need to correct my last video because, again, this is hard to live stream, guys. It's really easy to armchair. It's really hard to do it live. Say exactly what you want to say. Make no mistakes. So I made a huge mistake on my last video. I said that this video that Father Altman came out with in which he said that you cannot be a Democrat and a Catholic at the same time. I said that that was produced and released by complicit clergy, and I am so sorry 
I messed that up. I thought it was complicit clergy because CC hosts a lot of his sermons. And I think at one point they even hosted this video, but this video was not produced by complicit clergy. It was produced by Alpha News MN, Minnesota. So I show that here in the image so you can look at it. I'm sorry. I messed it up. Look at the image. I'm showing the image. So my apologies. Complicit clergy, by the way, I still use, I, I still, you still have my admiration. You are a much bigger YouTube channel than mine. I'm just a little guy that nobody cares about. Alpha News MN, you did great work. You produced this video. I showed you the video last time. And, um, and I won't go into that right now, but what he did say, Father Altman, what he said, this was August 30th. He released this video. He said a bunch of things. First, you can't, there's no such thing as a Catholic Democrat in 2020. The Democrats are absolutely opposed to the Roman Catholic faith. They are demonic. They are pedophiles. They are baby killers. They are socialists. They are anarchists. Okay? Period. You can, there's no value that you can share with a Democrat as a Catholic. Doesn't mean the Republicans are our best bet, but you can't be a Democrat. Okay, that's all I said. Secondly, James Martin is an idiot. He should be silenced. He should be defrocked for all the souls that he has led into hell. Now, he didn't say that, but he did attack James Martin. He didn't attack Robert Barron by name, but he correctly identified the deep church as being led by, or perhaps just the spokesperson of which, is Robert Barron. So he mentioned that there is a hell, despite what one bishop will tell you. Gee, I wonder who he's talking about. Which bishop, which bishop will tell you that there's no hell? So, he'd, so he did say that in the video. And he said a bunch of other stuff. I did a whole live stream about just this video and the reaction to it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that because there have been developments since then, including Father Altman coming on to Taylor Marshall's show and revealing some bombshells. Bombshells. If you haven't heard them, you'll hear them tonight about what's actually happening up there in Minnesota. Sad truth is, is that this man is probably going to be suspended. That's my guess. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, so look for that. But that's not the point of this video. The point of this video is, okay, so Baron, so Baron is having this secret meeting, recall, the secret meeting, and he's trying to bring in guys like me. He wants to shut me down. He doesn't think that I have a right to sit in my basement and react to what he's doing. He doesn't want there to be a counter voice to his voice. He wants to be the self-appointed Fulton Sheen of our time. What a joke. What a mockery of venerable Fulton Sheen. He calls himself Fulton Sheen. Can you imagine that? So this secret meeting is happening, and we're getting all the troops in order, and we're getting all the Catholic so-called news, fake news, people together. Altman comes out with this video, Father Altman, sorry. And this is the 30th of August. Nobody is prepared to react to it quite yet because just a couple days later, the hit piece comes out. The hit piece comes out on Father Nolan. Weren't we just talking about EWTN? Weren't we just discussing the so-called Catholic fake news agency, CNA? Here they are. Jumping for joy. Jumping for joy. That they can go after a priest of God. 
They had already pre-planned this target, though, so they were not fast enough to react to Father Altman. I'm giving you this story in a chronological order, okay? I'm giving you the chronological order, not by subject. So I'm jumping around a bit. We were just talking about Father Altman. Now we're talking about Father Nolan. This is only because J.D. Flynn, who is the editor-in-chief of the Catholic News Agency, a subsidiary of EWTN— once again, to all you people that told me there's a good NCR, there's a bad NCR, there's a bad NCR, and then there's the EWTN NCR, and they're good. Well, guess what? CNA is EWTN. And here they are doing backflips to try to suppress a good priest. Father Dan Nolan, Fraternity of St. Peter, USMC officer, infantry officer, veteran, combat veteran, inspirational leader, transformational leader. Outspoken conservative priests on YouTube. So CNA, which announced... Okay, I'm getting, I'm seeing the questions here. How is CNA part of EWTN? They announced a merger. It's online. You can look it up. CNA and EWTN merged operations. It is possible to acquire a business and let that business continue to operate as they were operating, but just siphon up any profits up to the parent company. That's how mergers and acquisitions work. So they announced them. I don't. I don't have any de- insider details. I know one guy that used to work for EWTN, but he was in the TV business, and he's a good guy, by the way. And he just started going to Latin Mass. But I don't have any insider information into how this particular business model is working. I don't know if CNA is allowed to operate as a totally separate, wholly owned subsidiary. I don't know if it's a joint venture. I don't know what the nature of their deal is, but they're married. Okay, they're married. It's out there. CNA announced it. EWTN announced it. And to my knowledge, it hasn't been rescinded. If it has been rescinded, then we'll deal with it. But to my knowledge, they're married. Okay, so CNA goes after Father Dan Nolan. Now, let me just, I did a video. I did a video about Father Nolan. I was the first to do it. Um, I... I have a respect and an admiration for Father Nolan. I know him, obviously. He's been on this channel before. And he said some incredibly true things on this channel. And if you want to hear Father Nolan actually unplugged and having an interview, as far as I know, I'm the only YouTube channel that has it. So you got to go check out that video, and it's awesome. He says all the things that, you exp- that you're thinking right now. He says all the things that you're thinking. Okay, so Father Nolan is a priest of the Fraternity of St. Peter, and he's operating in Colorado, outside of Denver, but within the Archdiocese of Denver. Now, what I told you, when I, the, the most up-to-date information I had at the time was, hey, listen, I don't think that Bishop Aquila, I have since learned Yes, it's on RTF, David. Check it out. I have since learned how to pronounce Archbishop's name, Archbishop Aquila. What I told you is I don't think that Archbishop Aquila is going to go after Father Nolan. All we knew at this point, all we knew was that this article had come out. And this is a pretty damning article if you read the headline. I get it. it says, what does it say? 
church officials evaluating priests who told Catholics to, quote, disobey bishop on mask wearing. The only thing I heard indirectly from Father Nolan was pray for me. Okay, so I see this article. It's CNA. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Church officials are evaluating this priest. So here's what happened. Guys, I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I know. I'm not going to show you everything. Okay? What I know is that a former parishioner of the parish who lives there outside of Denver is a disgruntled human being. He has it out for Father Nolan. He has it out for the parish. He has it out for the fraternity and probably for tradition. Okay? He's just one of those guys. And he got a hold of a sermon. No, not not a sermon. A catechetical lesson that Father Nolan was teaching in the basement of their church for adults, the adult education. And in that video, one of the things that Father Nolan said is that in this hypothetical situation in which a bishop were to tell you that wearing a mask was a prerequisite to receiving the sacraments, that you do not have to comply because that is an unlawful requirement. No bishop has the authority to require you to wear a mask in order to receive communion, in order to receive baptism, etc., or any of the sacraments. No bishop can tell you you must wear a mask as a precondition to receiving the sacraments. So, that was a hypothetical situation that he threw out. Now, a disgruntled former parishioner took that clip, chopped it up, edited it, put it out on on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you the name of this parishioner. I will tell you that LifeSite News covered it. LifeSite News showed the tweets. They show you who this person is. I will tell you that I know from multiple sources that I trust who live there, used to live there, know this man. They know that this young man is an unstable and a disgruntled human being. He is the person who entered it. Now, I didn't know I didn't know all this on the night of the live stream where I was just saying, hey, we all need to pray for Father Nolan. Do you remember I told you we don't need to go after Archbishop Aquila? I think he's going to make the right decision. I think that Father Nolan is going to come out okay. He's probably not going to get suspended. Do you remember I told you all that? That Bishop Archbishop Aquila is not the enemy, that CNA is the enemy. I told you that on that night. That was just a hunch. Now, in retrospect, with all the information, it's more than a hunch, ladies and gentlemen. CNA, which is a subsidiary, a wholly owned subsidiary, to my knowledge, according to the publicly released documents, CNA, which is owned by EWTN, took the tweet and started stirring up trouble. Now, the editor-in-chief... I dropped my pen at some point during this broadcast. I'm going to have to bend over and get it because I need my pen. If I don't have my pen in my hand, I'm like, I'm not. I'll put my scotch in my hand right now. The editor-in-chief of CNA, J.D. Flynn, is also, also a disgruntled former parishioner of that parish in which Father Dan Nolan, FSSP, USMC officer, is operating. J.D. Flynn has it out for it. J.D. Flynn has a long history of attacking that parish. J.D. Flynn was on the Zoom call with Bishop Barron. 
Are you starting to connect the dots, ladies and gentlemen? Bishop Barron had this secret meeting in which J.D. Flynn was present, editor-in-chief, Catholic News Organization, so-called, in which they discussed the problem, the problem of traditionalists, orthodox, conservatives online. This is a problem, ladies and gentlemen, and CNA is here to solve it. CNA is here to solve that problem for you. Because what did they do? They took the tweet, they ran with it, and they stirred up trouble. They called the pastor, Father Jackson. You know how I know that? I don't know that from any insider information. Father Jackson released a public email saying that that's what happened. They called Father Jackson and gave him like an hour to respond. You're the pastor of a huge, bustling, successful parish. Do you, can you get back to CNA within one hour for their stupid little requests? So they gave him one hour to respond. Then, simultaneous to that, they called the chancery. They talked to the PR guy. They talked to the bishop's secretary. Without even getting a response from these people, they didn't get a response from Father Jackson. They didn't get a response from the PR guy or gal in Denver. They didn't get a response from the secretary to the archbishop. And they heard bumpkins, nothing from Archbishop Aquila. They heard nothing from these four people, and they ran this headline that says that the church officials are evaluating the future. They're evaluating. Are they evaluating? Is that even a true statement at that point? Are they evaluating? Now imagine, I'm leaning over for my pen. Don't give me a thumbs down because of that. In fact, give me a thumbs up while I lean over. You take the time and thumbs up on this video, okay? Imagine getting a phone call from one of your enemies. And they say, hey, Mr. Chancery official, did you know that Father such and such in your massive archdiocese said such and such? What is your response? Oh, no, I, I didn't know that he said that because I'm not aware of every single thing that everybody says at all times. I'm not omnipotent like our Lord is. So let me just look into it. Oh, you're going to look into it. Yeah, I'm going to go re review the YouTube video. Oh, okay, so you're going to review the YouTube video. How do you interpret that as evaluating the future of a priest of God? Because you're going to go review a YouTube video that you're not familiar with because you were blindsided by some pencil neck dweeb at CNA? All right, so you can tell that CNA is absolutely in the tank. They had the private meeting with Robert Barron. They decided their first priority target was, look, they're effeminate, like a spurned woman, like a woman who is spurned, right? She goes after the guy who did her wrong first. And that's what these effeminate men did at CNA. They went after Father Nolan 
even though, like I said, Father Altman presented a a low-hanging fruit target. Father Altman came out blazing. Father Altman gave you like seven reasons, if you're a lib, to go after him. But they, they had target fixation, ladies and gentlemen. They had target fixation, and they had already decided they were going after Nolan. And that's what they did. So that's why the timeline does When we go through this chronologically, you say, well, you're bouncing between uh, first you were at Rothrock, now you're at Nolan, then you're at Altman. I'm confused. I think you're all seeing what I'm seeing, right? I'm just an outside observer. I'm just, I'm just piecing this together in my part time. Okay. This is not, I'm not a professional Catholic, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't gone pro. I'm amateur. I'm still practicing. I don't get paid to do this. This isn't my job. This isn't my full-time job. I'm just trying to piece this stuff together to the best of my ability. And I asked you from the beginning, if you can buy this theory, great comment on it. If you see the holes in it, great comment on it. At the end of this, I'm going to give you a very unpopular opinion. I'm going to say something that I really shouldn't say. I'm going to tell you something that nobody else in my shoes would tell you, but that's because I'm not a pro. I'm not a professional Catholic, okay? I'm just an amateur. All right, um, we have to keep moving because this gets really good, I think. I mean, it's my story, right? Of course it's good. It's like when you have your own baby, everybody loves his or her own baby. I love my babies. I love my babies. We're having a new baby. Don't tell my wife that I told you that, but we are. Number six, coming soon. I think my babies are beautiful. Not everybody thinks my babies are beautiful, but I think my babies are beautiful. And I don't think everybody else's babies are beautiful. I think they're beautiful insofar as they're pure little souls, and I love them. I objectively love them. I love them with charity. I will their good. I want them all to be baptized and become saints. But that doesn't mean that I have to think that they're all cute, right? I don't have to think that. You have to think your own baby's cute. I think my babies are cute, and I think my story is awesome. Okay, so CNA goes after Nolan. Then they're like blindsided. They're like, wow. They're like, this is incredible because what happens? What happens? The Bishop of Lacrosse does the CNA's job for them. The Bishop of Lacrosse goes after Father Altman. Do you know what he said in his video that is so incredibly damning of these bishops? Do you know what he said? He said, I'm not afraid of the mob. I'm not afraid of Black Lives Matter. I'm not afraid of Antifa. I'm not afraid of the alt-left, of Occupy, of the Democrats. But you know what stops good priests like me from speaking the truth like I do? Because they're afraid of their bishops. They're afraid that their bishops are going to come down on them like lightning from heaven. Quick as lightning! You've never seen a bishop do anything fast. They can't even they can't even get from the sacristy to the altar with any sense of urgency. These people move in slow motion. 
But when a priest says something that's conservative, that's orthodox, that's traditional, that's countercultural, that opposes the prevailing orthodoxy of the alt-left movement, oh, they're fast, they're lightning fast. And this man was... Callahan was fast. He was quick to draw. He was quick to draw. So this letter comes out. Now this letter, I did a whole show. Here, look, here's a video. Here's a here's an image of the show I did. Um, this was only the second show I've ever done to reach ten thousand views. I'm like, wow, this is so incredible. People really want to defend holy priests. They do. We are starved for leadership, and I get it. I get it. I'm starved for leadership. I mean, I'm lucky where I live. I live in the heart of America for a reason. I straddle two, or two dioceses. I have tons of mass options around me. I was very lucky. I didn't miss a single mass even during the lockdown. But that is the exception, not the rule. So I'm not really star- I'm not starved for leadership. But we collectively, we are starved for leadership. People are starved for leadership. And they like it when you defend good holy priests. They like it. Um, so I did this show. No, that's not, that's not Bishop Burke. Somebody asked if that's Bishop Burke. No, that's the guy. That's Callahan up in lacrosse. This is the guy that came out with this letter. He wrote this letter like a lightning bolt, just like father Altman said. And he wrote the letter and the letter said, I agree with everything you said. Everything you said. I agree. I agree with everything you said. It's just that you're so mean. You're so mean. You don't have any charity. So uh, Father Altman predicted that it would happen. It did happen. And what, ladies and gentlemen, what did they do? What did they do? Where's my video? Where's my, I've got a, I've got a button here. Let's see. Uh, Nolan, RTF Nolan Defense. Oh, here it is. No, I don't have it. I don't have it. I thought I had ah, I thought I had this all sequentially. I even had these numbers. I've got these buttons here and they have numbers on them. Like I got to make this marine proof, okay? I just need to go from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4. But I think I skipped one. I did have an image of the gleeful the gleeful article that CNA put out on September 9th. Talking about Father Altman, I think that was the same day that I came to his defense, and I went, I went that night, and I was, and I was trying to defend Father Altman. But they were just so happy, and they said that the bishop. This is important. Pay attention to this. CNA subsidiary of EWTN leads with an article that said something to the effect of. Bishop corrects priest who says you can't be Democrat and Catholic. That was like the headline that they went with. And they had all kinds of links, links inside their article. But you know what they didn't have a link to? And I just discovered this today because I was looking for this letter because I wanted to grab a screenshot of it so you could see it. So if you don't want to look at me or listen to me, you can at least read the letter. There's, there's one or two paragraphs that I'm not showing on the screen here. But you get the gist. Do you know what's not linked in the CNA article? 
the letter, the source document. CNA does not link to the source document of the story. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why? Why would J.D. Flynn link to other hit pieces on Father Altman, other trouble that he has supposedly stirred up, but not link to the actual letter that they're hanging their hat on. The title of their article was, and I'm so sorry I don't have the image for you, but you can verify this. Bishop corrects priest who says you can't be Democrat and Catholic. Bishop corrects. So the implication of the article, if you just read the headline, the implication, hello, Father, how are you? God bless you, North Carolina. Thank you for joining. I see you there. The implication that CNA... You know what? I want to catch Father up on... Father just joined us. I want to catch him up on the theory. My theory, Father, just in breakneck speed, just in total review, since there are like hundreds of you watching right now as well who maybe didn't start off. Here's my thesis. My thesis is that we're going into another lockdown. They've been planning it for a long time. Lockdowns are profitable. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Lockdowns are more profitable than operating the church. And these bishops are laying the groundwork to go into lockdown. But one of the really inconvenient things that they have during lockdown are good, holy, conservative, orthodox, traditional Catholic priests who live stream their masses and their sermons. And so they've gone out of their way. The deep church has gone out of their way to muzzle and silence the good priests in advance of the lockdown. This lockdown will not be successful if Father Nolan, Father Rothrock, and Father Altman are allowed to publish their sermons online, we've got to muzzle these three priests and then some. That's my theory. I proved that. I showed you Father. I got Father Rothrock. I did a whole show on him. He went down in flames. He got suspended, suspended by his bishop. No faculties. Merely for criticizing BLM. We saw Bishop Barron become a million-dollar man off of your backs, taxpayers. You gave him a million dollars. You did. You gave him a million dollars. It's more profitable for him to exist in a lockdown situation than to operate Pants on Fire, Inc. He comes out swinging. He says he's the real trad, and anyone to the right of him is an extremist loser. He criticizes the vitriol. I'm not going to play his video again because I can't stand it. If you want to watch his video, you can go to his YouTube channel. He's probably going to sue me, by the way. You know he's litigious. He's probably going to sue me just for displaying 12 seconds of his video earlier. I hate to say it. If this video goes down inexplicably, if YouTube takes it down, you know why. I'm just telling you. Then Baron has a secret meeting. He has a secret meeting where he summons all the powers of fake Catholic media and he says, we have to take these people down. And why? Why does he have to take them down? Because they found out about his million dollars. They found out about his bailout. They were irate about it. Rightfully so. And he says, we have to take these people down. And CNA, you're going to help me take them down. And NCR, you're going to help me take them down. NCR, no friend of anybody, no friend of the church, nothing to do with the Catholic faith, doesn't believe one iota of the Apostles' Creed, does not believe in the Catholic Church. 
Father Altman posts his video, but NCR had target fixation. They were still ready to go. They were still focused on their little effeminate grudge. Those two, one who I didn't name and I'm not going to name. He's just a civilian. I'm a civilian. I wouldn't want people naming me. Well, I'm not a civilian anymore. I'm putting this out there. But I'm not a pro-Catholic. I don't get paid for this. This is not my livelihood. My livelihood does not depend on me telling you something popular that you want to hear. My livelihood depends on my livelihood. I do this as a service, as a hobby, as a service to the church. Um, NCR goes after Father Nolan. I gave you the whole story on that. I gave you the whole video. This is a very popular video, probably the most popular, most viewed video on my little tiny but growing YouTube channel. I would be honored if you would help grow the YouTube channel. If you would hit subscribe, please do that. But we were just in lacrosse. The bishop comes down like lightning, just like Father Altman said he would. He comes down like a lightning bolt from heaven, strikes him dead, shuts him down, says, I want you to stop. I am fraternally correcting you. Okay, so everyone's caught up for all you... 400 people watching right now. That's incredible. Probably more after the fact. So you're caught up on the theory so far. You're caught up on my thesis. I'm proving my thesis to you. I told you at the end of this, I'm going to give you a very unpopular opinion. It's going to be something that I shouldn't say. It's going to be something that is going to ruffle some feathers. And I got to tell you, I have had people in my dining room who may not talk to me after this, but it's the truth. The truth is the truth. The truth will divide. Our Lord said, if you follow me, you have to leave your family. You have to leave your wife. You have to leave people behind. The truth doesn't care. Facts have no feelings. Error has no rights. So I'm going to tell you the truth, all right? Sorry, I have to do it. So I do the video. I defend Father Altman. Then Father Altman goes on Taylor Marshall's show. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Taylor, for doing that. I don't always agree with Taylor. I love Taylor. You know what? He's an Aggie. I'm an Aggie. Both went to Texas A&M. What does that tell you? This, that's my Aggie ring. Some people have asked, are you wearing a Freemasonic ring? Yes, I am, actually. I am. This Texas A&M, unfortunately, has succumbed to Freemasonic forces it's uh, it's one of those great American institutions that had so much potential, but unfortunately. But they have a great Catholic center, and that's where I converted to the faith 15 years ago. Um, and the man who actually brought me into the faith and married me is now a bishop. Unfortunately, we don't speak. And you can probably guess why. Um, okay, so I'm trying to defend Father Altman. Father Altman goes on Taylor Marshall's show. Here's the bomb. If you didn't watch that show, but you're watching right now, I just want to let you know there are a couple things that Father Altman uh, said on that, and I watched it live. I don't always watch Taylor live, I but I do when it's important, and I support him. I really do. I support Taylor. We don't agree on it. Look, Taylor is the he retweeted the tweet that got Father Nolan sacked. Okay, so on that front. I don't think that was very smart. Now, to be fair, I retweeted it too, but it's just I don't have an audience on Twitter. And I deleted it. I didn't have to be told to delete it. Nobody told me to delete it. I, I looked at it and I said, mm, this is probably not smart. I probably should just delete this. You know what? I don't need to participate in this. I'm not saying I'm smart, okay? I'm dumb because I retweeted it. But the fact that it got retweeted by a huge personality and then he got silenced, 
I don't know. That's not good. But Taylor had the guts and the gusto to interview Father Altman. And in that interview, Father Altman came on, and he's kind of like me. I, I respect Father Altman. He had a very successful civilian career, it sounds like, which I do too. And he just says what's true to the best of his ability, regardless of what people say, which is kind of how I try to operate. Um, and so I really, I like Father Allman. I have a, I have a respect for him. I really like him. And I, and I'm, and I'm glad for him. Now, Father Allman came on to Taylor's show. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. I'm going to go back to the lacrosse letter. He said, in the letter, Bishop Callahan said that he corrected me in private. I, that never happened. He said that he brought witnesses to correct me because the, the, the private correction didn't work. That never happened. He said, I was blindsided by this letter. I didn't know that this letter was coming out. I had no forewarning. Nobody told me. That's what he said on Taylor Marshall's show. He said, I sat in my Jeep in front of a lake with one of the members of the Chancery, and we just talked for a couple hours about what's true and what's good and what's beautiful. And I did two-thirds of the talking probably, but I was not corrected. I was not reprimanded. Nobody told me anything. I wasn't put on notice. And then this letter comes out. This letter comes out and CNA is doing jumping jacks. Those gleeful little punks at CNA. Once again, a subsidiary of EWTN. For all you people that flamed me for getting the two NCRs confused. Like there's a good NCR. He said, so I, I was blindsided by this. I didn't even know that it was coming out. And by the way... Bishop Callahan didn't even have the courtesy to tell me that the letter was coming out. The vicar for the priests, that's who he was talking to in the chancery, gave him no warning. Listen, I will tell you right now, as a Marine officer, when we have counselings, okay, man-to-man, We call it kneecap to kneecap. And I look you in the eyes and I tell you, hey, sport, you're not living up to the standard. You need to correct some things. There is no ambiguity. You know that you have been corrected. I even make you sign a piece of paper saying that you have been so counseled that you're messed up. I'm giving you an opportunity to correct yourself. And if you don't, there will be consequences. That didn't happen to Father Altman. That never happened. What happened? What, what this letter says, what this unsigned letter says, is that that did happen twice. This letter says that it happened twice. Now, who are you going to believe? Ladies and gentlemen, We live in a world. Don't worry, Jenny. 
don't worry. I'm going to get to Father Nolan and exactly what happened to him. You're right. He can offer the Mass. We live in a world where if I have to ask you the question, who do you believe? Do you believe a successor of an apostle of Jesus Christ? Or do you believe Father Altman? Which one? Which one do you believe? I already know the answer. I know the answer. And what a sad state of affairs we live in where I don't even have to ask you the question. You, my beloved YouTube audience, I don't have to ask you who you would believe between Father Altman and a successor to the apostles of Jesus Christ, a prince of the church on earth, plenary powers. I don't believe Callahan. I don't believe this letter. I think it's a farce. I think he lied. And Father Altman did not strike me as the kind of guy when he was on Taylor's show who would make it up, who would concoct false accusations against his bishop. No, he was complimentary of his bishop. Did you see how he threaded that needle? That's a holy man. That's a man who spends time in prayer. He was able to simultaneously compliment his spineless, weak, faithless bishop and also unveil to us breaking news that this letter was a joke. It's a piece of garbage. It's not even worth the paper it's printed on. It was a setup. It blindsided him. He didn't know it was coming. He was never corrected. And all this talk about, we're going to abide by the gospel. We're going to correct you in private. And the private correction hasn't worked. And so just now, because the private correction didn't work, you've left us no resort. We are on our last resort. We have to go public. This is the only thing we can do to stop Father Altman from saying things that we actually agree with, that we think that are true, that we find no fault in. You can read the first two, three, four paragraphs. Everything you said, Father, is true. You just don't have charity. You're just not nice. It's not, it's just, it doesn't sound nice the way you did it. Okay, so that's the breaking news with Father Ullman, but we have to, we have, I don't want to get so bogged down with that. What we're talking about is the overall theory, okay? Well, I'm Recall. a traditionalist, meaning I stand in Baron the great uh, this tradition of, of Christian revelation, trying the great to of the church, which is a living in. tradition, Why? which very much includes Why the Why is he Vatican trying Council. to rein people in? Is it just to protect his reputation, which is already bad, marred? His reputation is marred. He's out on YouTube being a heretic. He's a heretic. He doesn't believe in hell. If there's no hell, then there's no need for salvation, there's no need for the church, and there's no need to become Catholic. And that's exactly what he told Ben Shapiro when he had an opportunity to tell Ben Shapiro, you have to convert or you will go to hell. 
What did he tell him? Well, it's just the privileged way to heaven. Just the privileged way. There are other ways. Okay, so he doesn't believe in hell. Nobody goes to hell in Bishop Barron's mind because he reads Von Balthazar. Von Balthazar, who would have been a cardinal in the Catholic Church, elevated by John Paul II, but God in his mercy killed him. Balthazar. He killed John Paul too. He's going to kill all of us. We're all going to die. But I don't want to, I don't want to err here. God doesn't actually kill anybody by a positive act of his will because he doesn't will anything evil. He permits it. His permissive will. But in his permissive will, he allowed von Balthasar to die before that. I almost said a bad word. Before he put a red hat on his head. But von Balthasar denies the existence of hell. He misreads origin to justify it. He's an absolute heretic. I hope he can I hope he confessed and converted to the Catholic Church before he died. I really do. I shudder to think at what would happen to someone who dies thinking there is no hell. I don't want to think about it. It's unpleasant. I look, I don't some people can like kind of casually say like, "Oh, I take pleasure in the fact that he's probably burning." I don't want anyone to burn in hell. Do you know how awful hellfire is? No. We don't know. The only thing we know about hellfire is what the saints tell us, the mystics who have been there, who have seen it, who have experienced it for an instant and said, I would never, never, I would never go back. So I, I'm, I don't hope that Bon Balthazar is in hell. I hope that he converted. I hope that the dare we hope theologian who could have been a cardinal of the Catholic Church, elevated by John Paul II, to the College of Cardinals. God, in his permissive mercy, allowed him to die before that could happen. I hope he's not in hell. But can you imagine? Can you imagine like what the first words are from Satan? to a guy that doesn't even believe in Satan. I mean, think about that. This is a quick meditation here before we get to the final stuff and my most unpopular opinion of all time. I shouldn't even say it guys. I'm going to lose friends over this. I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic. I will lose friends over this, but you need to see it. You need to know it. But can you imagine just for a second, like what are the first words You would think, I would think that Satan himself would come up to retrieve you from your particular judgment. So, anyway, that's pretty scary. I don't know what he would say. That's pretty scary. Atlas, I just saw your comment while I was thinking about this, and you're right. Atlas says that I made the assumption that the bishop, Bishop Callahan, first corrected Father Altman privately, and when that failed, then he decided to correct him publicly. It turns out I gave the bishop too much credit. That's right. I did. I did. I took the man at his word. I took the man at his word 
Oh gosh, did I accidentally hit the Bishop Barron video? Did did you guys get subjected to Bishop Barron and I was just talking over him without hearing it? I'm so sorry. <gasps> Mia culpa. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry I did that to you. But you're right, I took this bishop at his word. That he said that he corrected Father Omen in private and he never did. He never did. We know that to be a fact. So I did this video, and all I had at the time was just the publicly available information. You should check out the video. I think it's worth watching because here's what I do. It's a very organized video, much like this one was supposed to be. Okay, so that video was very organized. I read you the eight things that Father Altman said in his uh, YouTube video. I Again, I'll correct myself again for those who are just tuning in, and maybe if you didn't catch it, I made a huge mistake. I uh, credited complicit clergy with having produced the video, the infamous video. They didn't. It was Alpha News MN for Minnesota. So I've I've apologized for that many times. I've, I've mea culpa, mea culpa. Um, look, here's a here's a screenshot of the video. Here's a screenshot of who produced it. They did a great job. Alpha News, bravo! My hats off to you. I think the video was on complicit clergy at one time. I have updated the links. The link to it, if you want to watch it, is. Alpha News. So, but that in that video, I was very organized. I said, here are the eight things that Father Allman said. Here are the five or six takeaways from the letter that Bishop Callahan gave to him. And then I took your comments. That's all I did. That's all I did. But I was giving the benefit of the doubt to His Excellency Bishop Callahan of La Crosse. And you know what I should have done? I guess. I don't know if I should have done it. But you know what would have been more accurate to have done? To assume that a bishop is lying. That's what would have been more accurate to do. That's what I should have done if I wanted to have the most accurate up-to-date reporting. That's what I should have done. I should have just assumed that Bishop Callahan is lying. But here's what these people do. Here's what these guys do once they put the hat on. Once they get the crozier. Do you know what they do? They do things like release this letter and they don't sign it. They don't sign the letter. They don't put their name on the letter. So there's plausible deniability still. There's a level of doubt about this letter. There's a level of doubt because this letter unsigned with no signature block. This could be from anybody, ladies and gentlemen. This letter could have been released by the PR guy. In fact, there's one way to read this letter as if the PR guy, the layman, is censuring Father Altman. There's another way to read the letter, in which case you'd say, wow, Bishop Callahan. No moral courage. You have enough get up and go to fulfill Father Altman's prophecy that like a lightning bolt from heaven, you will strike him quickly. That's what you did. But you don't have enough moral courage, intestinal fortitude 
to even sign the letter. So we still don't know, and you can still hide behind your civilian layman fall guy if this turns against you. And it has. It has turned against him, ladies and gentlemen. It has turned against Bishop Callahan. Taylor Marshall's interviewing Father Altman. Maybe I'll be able to interview Father Altman, God willing. You and I are rising up. You and I are saying we're not going to take it anymore. The conservatives, the people who believe what the church teaches, the Orthodox Catholics, the traditionalists, we are on the same page, and we are not going to let this crap fly. And that is what Bishop Barron was so afraid of in this secret meeting. I was going to try to bring up the secret meeting last time, but I inadvertently subjected you to 12 seconds of lies. Oh, gosh. If you had to take a cold shower after watching it, I understand. But this man in the deep church has a secret meeting to shut us down. This man has a secret meeting to stop us from believing the Catholic faith. This man thinks that we are going to be pushed aside. He thinks that we're going to say, oh my goodness, a bishop is telling me I'm, I'm being too mean on social media. Well, you know what, Your Excellency? Your time has come and gone. The time in which we give you what I will call clericalist reverence is long past. It is long past. I have no time for you, Bishop Barron. I don't care what you say. You tell me to stop my YouTube channel, I'll double it. You tell me I'm vitriolic, I'll talk about you every day. You are leading souls to hell. Yes, there is a hell. Yes, people go there. Yes, it is eternal. And God help you, Your Excellency, because you are accountable for the souls that you have sent to hell without the sacraments. Without the sacraments. Without anointing their bodies and their souls. Without offering them confessions. You have bought into COVID-1984 hook, line, and sinker because it's financially to your benefit, Bishop Barron. You're the million-dollar man. You're the million-dollar man. You would send souls to hell with no grace of the sacraments of the church so that the government can bail you out. No, the time for obedience to your dumbass is over. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. But I did. Do you know there's one bishop in America? There's one bishop in America that stood up for Father Altman. There's one. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one. Father Altman comes out and he says, you can't be a Democrat and a Catholic. Democrats butcher babies. You can't be a Democrat and a Catholic. They don't believe in the rule of law. They believe in the rule of the mob. You can't be a Democrat and Catholic because they are socialists. They want to steal your wealth. They don't believe in private property. They don't believe thou shalt not steal. You can't be a Democrat and a Catholic for so many reasons. Open borders, gay marriage, Jimmy Martin. And Father Altman is out there, as we used to say in the Marine Corps, and I think I've already lost the... uh, YouTube's already going to censor this thing. I said a naughty word. I'm sorry. And I wasn't referring to, you know, the donkey. But you used to say in the Marine Corps that your derriere was just out there flapping in the wind. Flapping in the wind. That's Father Altman. He put himself out there. He's exposed. He's vulnerable. He is vulnerable. And who comes to his defense? Out of all the bishops in America, out of all the bishops, the entire American Episcopate, the USCCB, who comes to his defense? Just one. Just one. Old, reliable Father Strickland, Bishop Strickland. He is a father. I can call him father. But he's also a bishop. Bishop Strickland, Tyler, Texas. I told you guys last time on my last live stream, I think it was the last one, that I've been to Tyler. I love Bishop Strickland for a lot of reasons. Now, again, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Whatever. Almost 200 bishops in America. Almost 200. One. Do you know what that is as a percentage? It's less than 1%. It's half a percent. It's half of a percent of the bishops in America that came out and said, Father Altman has my support. We are dealing with a very organized deep church, ladies and gentlemen. The deep church is real. It is organized. It has an agenda. And they are preparing for lockdown 2.0. They are preparing for another lockdown. I see some comments right now about the USCCB. Well, that's good. Let's talk about the USCCB. Let's go to Los Angeles. Archbishop Gomez, Archbishop Gomez, ladies and gentlemen, Archbishop Gomez was twice in my life. He was my bishop. How scary is that? Oh, gosh. You wonder why I'm so scarred and disgruntled. I lived in his archdiocese, archdiocese of San Antonio for a while. The very northern tip on the border with Austin, the whole Austin, San Antonio corridor, totally communist. Feel bad for the I-35 corridor. Austin, San Antonio, God bless you. Gomez was my archbishop. I left. I moved to Los Angeles. I helped work on building a conservative Orthodox traditional parish there. Put a lot of money into it. 
that's going to come into my unpopular opinion that you're going to hear that I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose priest friends over this guys, but I don't care. I'm not on this planet to make friends. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to get my children and my family to heaven and to do, to render some kind of justice to the church. And since I can't give money to the USCCB, I can't give money to anyone. It seems like what I can do is this. That's why I do what I do. Okay. So, Bishop, Archbishop Gomez, Los Angeles, president of the USCCB. I just want to give you a snapshot into the latest, the latest, most up-to-date COVID-1984 rules. You can read it. You can see it. Outdoor masses only. Tent revivals, I call them. Tent revivals. All they can have in Los Angeles are tent revivals. I call them tent revivals because I know that the one parish that I helped in a very significant way to the pain of my family. You know, you're supposed to give till it hurts. I gave till it hurt. And then I got my heart broken. And I helped fundraise. I'm not gonna over I'm not gonna overstate what I did for this particular parish, but this particular parish is having tent revivals. And you know what I just heard today that they did? They bought a $35,000 tent. Because in the 14 days to flatten the curve, you can rent a tent for Sundays. You can pay $1,000 a week to rent a magnificent tent that all the faithful can sit under in the hot L.A. heat in July, August, September. But... When the 14 days to flatten the curve turn into 150 days or 170 days or 200 days, or my thesis that these bishops don't plan to open the church ever, well, then don't rent when you can buy. And I don't blame Father. I don't blame Father. If you're watching, and I know you will, you're not going to like what I say after this, Father. My regards. I don't blame him. It's a financially right thing to do. Just buy the tent. To comply with Archbishop Gomez's intent that COVID-1984 is real, that it kills more than 0.06% of people, that masses have to stay closed, that you cannot receive sacraments if you are dying that you can spend the entire spring and summer with no reconciliation with God, no penance, no confession. That you can have babies born with the stain of original sin inherited by their parents, Adam and Eve, passed on from generation to generation, the only remission of which is baptism. And you can have babies born who cannot be baptized in the largest archdiocese in the United States, the second largest archdiocese in the world. Archbishop Gomez, president of the USCCB, still to this day does not believe in the church. He doesn't believe in the gospel. 
He doesn't teach the salvific character of the church, nor does he believe that the sacraments convey grace to the soul that receives them. The only way we can receive sanctifying grace from God is through the sacraments. Grace is a participation in the inner life of God. Grace is a participation in heaven. And Almighty God has ordained that the manner by which we receive that grace into our souls is through the sacraments of his church, the seven sacraments. And Archbishop Gomez and his right-hand lackey, Bishop Barron, of the deep church have said, we will have no sacraments in L.A., and they are planning to deprive you of your sacraments in the rest of the country. And that's what this video is all about, ladies and gentlemen. This video ties together the fact that they are planning for another lockdown. They are planning to force you to normalize the disordered behavior of kneeling in front of your television set of basking in the electronic glow, the LED lights of your electronic device, which is displaying a surreal reality right before your eyes of a mass that is happening, not in proximity to you that you can participate in, but far, far away. Because watching it on TV is just as good as going to it. If you don't believe in the grace of sacraments, if you don't believe in their efficacy, if you don't believe what the church teaches, then what's the difference between watching it in your underwear or attending it live? It's just a wafer. It's just a wafer. This leads me to my unpopular opinion segment. It is with pain that I tell this to you. I went, you know, I went from liquor to wine because I think that's how the saying goes. Wine before liquor, never sicker. Liquor before wine, feeling fine. Is that how it goes? I think that's how it goes. Uh, So I, I don't want to get up and go refill my glass in the middle of a live stream. That would be unprofessional. I think I've already broken some unprofessional rules. I'm really sorry, guys. But it had to be said. Somebody has to say it. Somebody whose livelihood is not on the line. Mine isn't. So I'll say it. Fine. Whatever. Guys, it's just a wafer. That leads me to my final thing. I was too afraid. I didn't even program it into my little stream deck here. I don't have the button... I'm going to give you my unpopular opinion, and then I'm very quickly going to transition into your comments, okay? You have a lot of comments. You have a lot of questions. I'm going to get to those. I'm going to do the best that I can. There's a lot on there, but I'm I'm going to try to respond to a lot of them as honestly as I can. But I didn't program the little button here because I was like, oh, geez, I don't want to do this. I really don't. I don't want to do this. But my last statement to you was what? My last statement to you was, it's just a wafer, right? It's just a wafer. And we think 
that we can be immune to this if we just go to the right liturgy, right? Isn't that what we think? Listen, it's a fair thought. I'm not knocking the thought. I'm not saying it's a, it's a dumb thought. I have this thought all the time. I have had this thought for a long time. We cannot think that just because we go to the right liturgy, we cannot think that just because we drive some distance to go to Mass, that we are immune from error. Error has always been with us. It has always crept into the church. The greatest and I'm not saying morally great. I'm saying great as in magnitude. The greatest errors in history have been stepchildren of the Latin Mass. So don't think, ladies and gentlemen, that just because you go to the Latin Mass that you're immune from error. Don't think that you can let your guard down. This is a hard lesson to learn. This is a lesson that I had to learn. When my heart got broken, when I was in... Southern California. My heart was broken because I mistakenly thought at that time in my life, I only had three or four kids. Number six is on the way. Did you know that? Um, my heart was broken because I thought that I could just relax. I thought I could put all my efforts into fundraising for this church, giving till it hurt, trying to get others to do the same, building something magnificent for our Lord, for our Lady, and boy, howdy, the liturgy is right. The liturgy is on point. But don't think that just because you have a beautiful liturgy, you are protected from error. Martin Luther came out of the Latin Mass for crying out loud. Henry VIII came out of the Latin Mass. Arius came out of the Latin Mass. You know, Arius, he was pretty effective at his spreading his errors. Four out of five Catholics didn't believe in the divinity of our Lord? Now, I mean, obviously things are worse today. Most Catholics don't believe in the divinity of our Lord. But imagine going through a, a several hundred year period in the early church where the vast majority of Catholics don't even believe that our Lord is divine. And Arius came out of Latin Mass. So don't don't think, ladies, don't be a liturgical snob and sit here and say, I go to Latin Mass, so I'm immune to it. Do you know how many people I have encountered on social media, on Twitter especially? Twitter is a wasteland. I might even just deactivate my account. Do you know how many people I have encountered on Twitter who say, I go to the fraternity of St. Peter Parish, and so I'm immune from error? Oh, really? Now, remember, what was my tie-in to this final image? I don't even want to show it to you. I'm going to, but I don't want to. I, I'm trying to belabor it. I'm trying to delay is what I'm trying to do. How many people believe that, though? Don't fall into that trap, ladies and gentlemen. Never. Never let your guard down. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't get comfortable anywhere. You can't. It's a sad state. One of the founding theses of restoring the faith one of the foundational principles of why this channel exists is that being a husband, father, protector, 
provider is a lonely job. It's lonely. It's a friendless job. You're not here on this earth to make friends and influence people. No. This is not for the faint of heart. There are, this is a wimp-free zone. I'm zooming in. This is a wimp-free zone. It is not easy. You cannot get comfortable. You cannot sit there and say, I go to a certain liturgy. I'm protected. I'm protected from error. We live in a sick culture. We live in a sick, sick culture. It's putrid. It's dying. It's decaying. It's dead. That's what Father Rothrock pointed out in Indiana. Remember Father Rothrock? He got canceled for pointing out that our culture is so sick that BLM is feasting on our dead carcasses like maggots. Suspended for saying that. We live in a sick culture. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. All right, fine. I'll show you the picture. You guys want to see the picture? It's just a wafer. It's just a wafer. What are we looking at here, ladies and gentlemen? What are we looking at? What despicable display are we looking at here? Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at. We're looking at a priest who's wearing a mask, a muzzle, buying into COVID-1984, playing along with other people's fake, false, phony reality. And what is he doing? He's preparing dinner plates, dessert plates, I guess, more accurately. He's placed the dessert plates on the altar rail. And on each dessert plate, what do you see? What do you see on these plates, ladies and gentlemen? You see our blessed Lord. You see our blessed Lord on a dessert plate. But there's an altar rail. And the altar appears to be oriented, i.e. facing east, towards the Orient. This priest is wearing beautiful vestments. What kind of mass is this, you say? What kind of mass is this, you say? I would never attend a mass like this. Priests buying into the dystopian reality in which we live. Serving our Lord on dessert plates. Serving him up to you. And you, dear people, you can lap him up with your tongue like a dog. You can consume him like a dog. And where is this? This is where I lose my friends. This is the Fraternity of St. Peter in Germany. This is the FSSP. This is a fraternity parish in Germany buying into the dystopian surreality that we're living in. I've already said it without saying it with regards to Father Nolan. He wasn't canceled by his archbishop, ladies and gentlemen. He wasn't silenced by Archbishop Aquila. He was silenced by the very same people who would do this. Who would serve our Lord on a dessert plate and have you lap him up with your tongue like a dog. Like an animal. You. 
You're an animal. That is your chow. Dig in. I'm going to remove this despicable image. The deep church is wielding extraordinary power. The deep church is planning for a lockdown. The lockdown is more profitable to the deep church. They raked in billions. They raked in billions by shutting down the church. It's more profitable to shut down and send you home to your television sets than it is to distribute the sacraments of God. And they're preparing to do it again. And you know what's really inconvenient? You know what's really inconvenient when we go to live stream only masses? Those pesky conservative voices that get so many views. It's so inconvenient that Father Altman can distribute his material online. Well, guess what? He can't anymore. It's so inconvenient that Father Rothrock can oppose Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Well, guess what? He's suspended. Sidelined. It's so inconvenient that Father Dan Nolan can correctly identify that we are in a revolution we're in a civil war. There's a real enemy. There's a real objective reality that we have to live in. We cannot go along with a fake reality. And it's so inconvenient that this guy is out there speaking the truth. So he's not allowed to anymore. He's been silenced. The deep church has taken out three fighters so far. Three priests are silenced. Three priests cannot distribute the truth to you. When we go into a situation in which you cannot have the sacraments, when no one will distribute the sacraments to you. The deep church is at play, ladies and gentlemen. The president of the USCCB has no intention of opening Los Angeles. They're just going to roll right into the next lockdown. It is going to get cold. People are going to get sick. It happens every winter. It's called flu season. It will be blamed on COVID-1984. The election is coming up. We will go into lockdown. Make no mistake about it. Bishop Barron knows we're going to lockdown. And that's why he wants to cancel the conservative priests. He wants to be the only voice online when we go into lockdown. So that's my unpopular opinion. Now to the call to action, then I'll get to your comments. What do we do with this information? What do we do with this troubling, sick, twisted, sad information? I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. If you see a flaw in my theory, if you, I've, I've laid it out to you, I had 15 different images, I, I, I really thought about this all day. I took it to prayer. 
If you think my theory is wrong, tell me where I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Please enlighten me. But we're going into lockdown. They're prepping the battlefield. They're taking out, they're preemptively striking all the obnoxious targets. They're silencing them so that they can't deliver you the truth when we are stuck kneeling in front of our televisions. That's what they're planning on because going into lockdown is more profitable. Makes too much sense. It makes too much dollars and cents. So what do we do with this information, ladies and gentlemen? I'll get to your comments. You have so many great comments. I've seen a lot of them. Every time you see my eyes are not staring at the camera, but they're kind of like looking over here, I can see the comments. And I move the desk closer to the camera so I can actually read them. It's not that my eyesight's going out. I refuse to admit that. I'm not, I'm not going to admit that I need reading glasses or anything of the like, okay? I still think I'm like a young stud. Six kids on the way. What do we do with this information, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here's what we do. We prepare to fight. We prepare to fight. And what does that mean? What does that mean? You give the enemy no quarter. Don't let them rest. I don't care which church you go to, which liturgy, which mass. I don't care if you're a conservative, John Paul II Catholic. If you consider yourself to be very orthodox Catholic. I don't care if you go to a diocesan Latin mass, Fraternity of St. Peter, Institute of the Christ of the King. I don't care if you go to the Society of St. Peter, uh, sorry, the Society of St. Pius X. I don't care where you go. The time for us to care about those distinctions is over. It's over. You're not insulated from this if you go to the Fraternity of St. Peter. You're not insulated from this if you go to the society. I met a society priest last year who told me that the Bolshevik Revolution was justifiable. I met a society priest last year who told me I don't need to pray the rosary. I just need to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You're not insulated from error wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen. We have to band together and fight these people. We have to take back our church. It's not ordered. It's disordered. It's disordered. It's disordered that Taylor Marshall is one of the de facto leaders of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. That's not ordered. But it's necessary. That's how it has to be. Because in the history of the church, ladies and gentlemen, in the history of the church, she ultimately is corrected by the laity. If the clerical class abdicates their responsibility, if the deep church wins, and so far, they're preemptively striking targets in preparation for lockdown 2.0. They plan to win. 
They're playing for keeps. They're taking no prisoners. They're giving us no quarter. And the fraternity of St. Peter is complicit. Silencing Father Nolan. My personal opinion. You're giving them quarter. You're giving them quarter. These Pachamama worshiping heretics. You're giving them quarter. I saw Father Nolan live stream a mass yesterday. He's still able to live stream the mass. And you can hear there's audio. There's video, there's audio. Goes through the prayers at the foot of the altar, the readings, on the epistle side, the gospel side. He approaches the lectern. The audio's still on. He gives you the English translation of the readings. First the epistle, then the gospel. And what happens? The audio cuts out. Silence. You see him standing there, delivering gold to the lucky few who are allowed to sit in that parish. But you hear nothing. And then, when the sermon completes and he approaches the altar to resume the holy sacrifice of the Mass, there's audio. We don't have the luxury of self-inflicted wounds. We don't have the luxury of inadvertently complying with the deep church. We are out of time. We are outgunned, outmaneuvered on the battlefield. The deep church is against us. They've been conspiring against us. That's the whole purpose of this video. And we don't have the luxury of sidelining one of our own. Archbishop Aquila didn't silence him. So yeah, I've just lost a bunch of friends over uh, that little rant. Cheers to that. But it's true. It's true. What have I said that's not true? We need to band together. We need to fight. Other YouTube videos need to pop up. We need to hold these people accountable. We need to support the good holy priests who are doing God's work. And ladies and gentlemen, please, please promise me this. If you like my video, if you share it, if you subscribe to the channel, if you do all those things, not a dime. Not a dime to the USCCB. Not a dime to these bastards who would send you to hell for 30 pieces of silver. Don't give any silver to Judas. All right, that was my spiel. Um, 
gosh, so many comments. I'm going to scroll up. I think you guys like it when I go through the comments. If you don't, then leave a comment, but don't leave a thumbs down. Here's the thing about the thumbs up and the thumbs down. The YouTube bots hate me. And Taylor said this today too. I happened to watch him say it. The YouTube bots hate him too. You know who the you know who the YouTube bots hate the most is Census Fidelium. I I believe that Census Fidelium is being shadow banned. Census Fidelium was way bigger than Taylor Marshall for a long time, but almost none of their videos have the viewership of his. How is that possible? Because YouTube, the algorithm, is not presenting his videos, his sermons, his podcasts to you, dear people. And why aren't they presenting them? Well, because A, they don't have enough likes, they don't have enough comments, they don't have enough thumbs up and shares and all that stuff. But B, people aren't outside of YouTube saying, sharing the video, saying, hey, friends, you got I'm in a group text, I'm in a group chat, I'm, I'm going to email this or whatever. Um, I could rock a monocle, uh, monocler. That'd be awesome. A little, a little single thing so I can see the comments better. That'd be amazing. So yeah, I think us, I think we Catholics are being shadow banned. I really do. I really do. Um, how can we avoid that? We can like and share the video, physically share the video physically. Okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to scroll up. I want to read some of your comments. Okay, so let's do that. Um, all right, I'm I'm going to start from almost the beginning. I don't want to go too far back in time because I think a lot of people are like, oh, you've already covered that. Like, we, you did Father Rothrock like two months ago. That's old news. That's true. It is old news, but it's part of the whole narrative, right? It's part of the whole narrative. Okay, uh, Miss Herrera says. I am following this very closely from Canada and prayed for Father Altman. May God bless and give us all. Uh, sentence gets cut off there. Yes, pray. we got to pray for our priests. I didn't say that. Mia culpa, I didn't say that. You have to pray for the good holy priests around you by name. By name. This is a spiritual battle. It's an ecclesiastical battle. It's a political battle. It's a financial battle. It's a social media battle. Pray for them by name. There's one on here who's watching right now. I've added him by name to my litany. I haven't even met him. I just know. I just, I have a feeling, you know, he's got that rigid hat as his profile picture. I know he's, I know he's a good one. <sighs> okay. KMO, plug in the society. As always, the society will be the only place you can go to experience a normal mass Hey, listen, when it gets locked down, look, there were places where the society closed too. Now, that was when a European was in charge. We'll see when an American takes charge of the society, of the district house and all that. We'll see what happens when lockdown 2.0 comes. I mean, I think the European mindset is much more like, well, they said to shut down and, you know, there are rules we have to follow, you know, and kind of thing. So I think that maybe was, but I'm, dude, I'm pretty sure KMO 9,000. They were shut down, too, in a lot of places. I know of some places that they weren't shut down, but for the most part, when lockdown 2.0 came, or 1.0 came, society was shut down, too. There was nowhere to go, ladies and gentlemen. It's at the heart of America. You should come here. Okay, AMDG. You're always here. Loyal, fan, love you. Obviously, they don't care. They can't do a thing about it. 
spontaneously combust on themselves. Well, that's uh, well, you know, that's a, there is something purging in fire. I, you can't wish hell on anybody. You can't wish hellfire. You don't want people to go to hell. But there is something purging about fire here on earth. That's why we used to burn heretics. It would purge the error out of them so that maybe they could go to heaven. You know? Not too off base there, AMD Juice. You know, people, I, I, I have this, I have a couple very close friends that I share my innermost thoughts with. And one of the things that we kind of talk about is like, what would your papal name be if you were Pope for a day? And like, what would your first act be? So I'll just tell you, I haven't decided on a name right now. I'm loosely considering Leo the 14th, but I'm also considering Pius the 13th. Either way, first act, burn the SJs. The Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, I would burn, I would literally burn them to the ground. I would purge them by fire. No, I'm talking burn them at the stake. Yes, I'm literally... Yes, this sounds medieval. Well, guess what? Society was much more ordered in Christendom. Purge by fire, AMDG. That's the only comment I'm reading, AMDG. You you spent your bullet early, brother. Sorry. Captain Catholic, I am so grateful for the SSPA. All right, guys, I get it. You love the society. That's fine. You're welcome to watch the channel. I'm grateful for the society too. But don't think that you're immune from error. That's my point. We need to unite the clans. This isn't about society versus fraternity versus institute versus indult mass versus some other flavor. You know, if you're in Chicago and you go to uh, whatever parish is called, the canons regular of St. John Cantius, the Augustinians, it's, this is not about that. Or if you're Orthodox Catholic, doing the best you can, going to the best mass you can, supporting the good priests that you have. This is not about that. If we can't get past that, we are in a circular firing squad, which is exactly how they designed it, by the way. Think about that. Didn't they design it that way? Isn't that deliberate? Aren't we in a circular firing squad because that's exactly what they wanted us to do? To spend time thinking about, what, oh, which clan are you in? Meanwhile, the modernists just take over. They take over everything. To the point where you have one bishop willing to stand with Father Altman. That's what they wanted. That's how they engineered it. We have to get beyond that. Yes, okay, fine. We have these distinctions. The distinctions are real. There are different charisms between the different clans. I get it. I go to all of them. I know. I've been to all of them. I get it, okay? But don't sit there and say, I go to such and such clan. And we're immune from error. Guess what? You're not. You're not. I've already shown you that in this video. In this video, I've already shown you that. Error is everywhere. It always has been everywhere. It always has and it always will be. It will be with us. We have to arm ourselves against it. We have to orient ourselves against it. We have to oppose it wherever we find it, even if it costs us friends. Bridget doing the same thing. SSP. I know you're. I know you're a society gal, Bridget, and I love you. I love you. Not the same. Bridget Dunn, you're one of my top. Fans. I love that you watch these, Bridget. Thank you so much. <sighs> David, 
Ka- I can't read it. Uh, Kostarov? <sighs> you've, you've commented a lot. I'm not going to read that particular comment, but I'm going to read one of your other ones. Scott Cohen, Russian Orthodox convert has no clans will unite. No clan. Until the Russian Orthodox convert no clans will unite. Oh, you're saying until the Russian Orthodox convert no clans will unite. Okay, that's an interesting theory. It's an interesting theory. Uh, Mark Becker, oh, I'm having another Shiner Buck. I am jealous, sir. I know you said that a long time ago. You might not even be watching right now, but Mark, top fan. You're always here, always loyal. You drink Shiner Bach. You know that that's my favorite beer. I don't normally drink beer on these broadcasts. I don't know why. I just, I, it's just, I don't know. It's not my thing when I'm broadcasting. Congrats on the baby. Yes, thank you so much. We're so happy. We're so happy. We just found out the other day. I haven't even told like my some of my real life friends. I'm telling you. I don't know. Um, now you know. Let's see. Congratulations. Yes, lots of congratulations. Jeff Bone says, I need a Telegram channel. I don't know what that is. Tell me what that is, Jeff. What's a Telegram channel? Kathy says, don't underestimate God. He had a way of using evil to bring about good according to his will. I'm not. I'm not. For the record, thank you, Kathy, for pointing that out. We should not, and I'm not. In fact, I had one of those close friends I told you about where we would kind of joke about, like, burning the SJs, the Ethaith, as we call them. He actually told me today, one of my very close friends, maybe my best friend in the whole world, he sent me a text. He said, you know what? I realized, Mike, I am no longer praying for this chastisement to pass because it's very clear that we need it. What I am praying for now is that this chastisement is fruitful and that if God wills it, I and my family survive it. That's what I'm praying for. That is thy will be done, ladies and gentlemen. That's thy will be done. That is one of those thy will be done prayers. You know what, God? You're permissively allowing this to happen because we need it. Yes, we. I'm saying we. We. The Orthodox, the conservative, the believing Catholics, the traditionalists, the fraternity, the institute, the society, the adult. We need it. We need it. Father Ripperger says that too. Traditionalists need this chastisement. We're not immune to it. Don't be a Gnostic. We have no secret knowledge. We're some of the worst sinners. We are. You talk to a priest who offers the Latin Mass, who sits in the confessional several hours a week. We're pretty bad sinners, okay? We have no secret knowledge. Get over ourselves. Let's get over ourselves and realize what's actually happening here. All right? That's... Uh, Kathy, don't, uh, oh, you said that already. Don't estimate me. I'm not underestimating God. Not, okay? All right, you guys are debating the society. That's fine. You can debate it. I don't think you should, and I think we should just kind of get, we should be shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm. That's where we should be. Because the left is shoulder to shoulder and arm in arm, ladies and gentlemen. 
The left is. And we stupidly give them quarter. We stupidly give them room to operate. We cancel ourselves because we're just so genteel and so polite and so concerned about what modernist bishops think about what we say. Imagine if we just stood up and said what is true, fired it like arrows into people's hearts. What is true? Jordan Robertson says, we're enjoying the stream. Feel free to get another drink and let's keep it going. Yeah, so kind of you, Jordan. I have my wine. That's fine. Whiskey, then wine. You feel fine. That's good. Katie in Atlanta says this was bizarre. Yeah, it was. This was bizarre. I hope she's not referring to this show. I hope you don't think that this show was bizarre. Okay, let's get, we're going to keep scrolling here. I got a bunch of repeats. Oh, that's awful. I don't know what that means. Okay, you guys, man, you guys are like, this is fine. Look, listen, I have a lot of friends in the society. I have been to society masses. I'm not like the first time ever on Restoring the Faith ever admitting that. Yeah. Fine. I'll go to them. I'm not signing up for the club. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm this or that. Okay, I'm going to go to the most conservative, most orthodox thing that I can find for my family. I'm going to protect my family and transmit the faith to them. I'm not a canon lawyer. I'm not a canon judge. I'm not a, I'm not a theologian. I can't sort these things out. It's above my pay grade. What I do know is that I am going to go to the most conservative, most orthodox, most real thing that I can take my family to. I'm not going to kneel in front of my television. I'm not going to let them lock me down. And this time, ladies and gentlemen, when we go into lockdown 2.0, I'm going to be standing at the chancery. I'm going to be standing at the chancery. It'll be cold here where I live. And I will be standing there with my picket sign saying, give me back the mass. I have a right. I have a right. As a faithful Catholic, I have a right to the sacraments. And you, Mr. Bishop, have no right to take it away from me. That's where we should be. That's where we need to be. Lee Ped says there was a church that prepackaged the blessed host and the parishioners will take the blessed host on their way out and consume in their cars. Yeah, that's true. That actually happened. Not only did that happen, they actually they like went out of their way. Guys, how sick, how twisted is this? They went out of their way to do a how-to video where Susan or Karen, I couldn't tell. She wasn't old enough to be Susan. She was probably more like a Karen. Karen, there's a how-to video. She walks up to the table. She grabs the envelope with the host in it, our Lord, God. The second person of the Holy Trinity, the Word made flesh. And she just kind of grabs the envelope. She kind of puts it in her blazer because she's wearing a blazer, of course, because she's a Karen. And Karen walks out to her van and then you cut to, and the camera sees her sitting in her van, and with total reverence, 
Karen opens the envelope, and she reaches in with her little grubby lay fingers, grubby fingers, like mine. My fingers are grubby. She reaches in with her grubby fingers, and she, with total reverence, communicates, places our Lord on, on her tongue herself, and then blesses herself while she's sitting in her van, like she's in nirvana. Karen is sitting there in her van in Nirvana. Having just with her grubby, disgusting lay hands, manhandled our Lord, left crumbs in the envelope, which she's later just going to chuck into the, the trash. It might sit in her, in her Karen car for like two weeks. I don't know. And then it gets thrown into the trash and then ultimately out to the dumpster. Buried in the earth, our Lord, real particles of the real body, blood, soul, divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now out in the landfill. But you're safe from COVID, right? You're safe from a disease that you have a 99.6% chance of vesting. Meanwhile, our Lord is in a dung heap. Our Lord's in a dung heap in a landfill somewhere because Karen wanted to self-communicate in her minivan. Yeah, I saw the video. Thanks for pointing it out. Gosh. I like the comment section. I, I try to. Divine mercy does not have balance of mercy and judgment of sacred heart. Rose, thank you for saying that. I didn't know what you were going to say. I just read Rose McNiemi. Thank you for your comments. I agree. Okay, Katie, uh, once again, in Atlanta, it's an interesting take to say that it's more profitable to close the churches and just broadcast the mass from inside. Well, yeah, it is. A dr- I, had to, I was in a rush. To do, once this epiphany dawned on me yesterday on Sunday— I felt like I needed to rush. I normally, Mondays are like my worst days of work. And today was the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. So we had we had Mass at 6. I thought it would be 6.30, but it was 6. So we rushed out and uh, everything. Uh, the, the day just flew by. I'm behind in my work. I normally would not do a live stream like this on a Monday. And it takes, I can't tell you how many hours to set all this up to like find the images and then load them into the machine and like make sure that it works and do all the live stream stuff. But I was kind of in a rush, Katie, to get this take out to you because, I, I don't know, this this just dawned on me and it seems true. And I think they are preparing for COVID 2.0. I think they are preparing for a lockdown. And I wanted to get this take out there uh, because, A, well, two reasons. One is vain and one is truly charitable, which means willing your good. So I'll start with the vain thing. I want to be the first to break it, all right? I didn't want anyone else to steal the idea. Like, oh, this is a great idea. I need to get it out there and vet it and see if you guys agree with it or not. Um, and, and I don't want anyone else with a much larger, more illustrious YouTube channel to put these pieces together, okay? So I'm like, oh, I've solved the Da Vinci Code. I should, like, show my results. Okay, fine. All right, I'll uh, yes, vanity of wanting to be the first one. That's why I'm doing it Monday night instead of Tuesday when I have more time. But 
The other thing is I wanted to rush us out there because we don't have time. We don't have time. We have to prepare. We have to prepare for the uncertainty of an election. We have to prepare for the fact that there is sectarian violence happening in America. We have to prepare for the fact that we don't know. Our future is uncertain as citizens of these United States. It is at least as uncertain in 2020 as it was in the late 60s when it seemed like we were going to pull ourselves apart. We have the specter of this fake virus that people are still buying into used as a political tool to deprive you of the grace of God and the sacraments. We don't have much time, ladies and gentlemen. We just don't have time. We need to make preparations. We need to be ready to fight to preserve our sacraments. We've got to band together to overcome the deep church. We have to prepare to survive in the event that you know what happens. And let's say that we don't devolve into civil strife. Let's say let's say that 400 electoral delegates go to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's a sweeping, overwhelming victory. There's no question about who won. Let's say that that happens, ladies and gentlemen. And there's not going to be an alt-right uprising. Puts it to bed. Okay, so there's not a civil war. Kamala Harris thinks that if you're a member of the Knights of Columbus, that you are a bigot, backwards, racist, sexist, homophobe, xenophobe, that you're an enemy of the state. If you're a member of the Knights of Columbus, you, my dear friends, ladies and gentlemen, watching this show, subscribed to Restoring the Faith, I don't expect that very many of you are members of Knights of Columbus. I know for sure that all of you are more orthodox, more conservative, more traditional, more of an enemy of the state, so-called, than a, a member of the Knights of Columbus, which is the standard by which Kamala Harris, who will be president in the Biden administration, believes. So yeah, let's say we let's say in some weird way we dodge a huge bullet of civil war. There's a huge mandate. There's an electoral landslide. Biden wins. We still have the specter of a federal government that is openly hostile to you and me. And do you think that the bishops are going to have your back? Do you think that the USCCB is going to stand up with their spineless bodies? Like you know, you know which creature doesn't have a spine? A snake. I didn't pre-plan that comment. I just thought of it. Snakes have no spine. They have no vertebrae. No vertebrae. Slithering on the ground. Snakes. Do you think that the spineless slitherers are going to have your back against Kamala Harris? So no, there's no good outcome. We're out of time. I had to rush this video out there. Ah, sorry, man, I, this is just, I got to end these comments. All right, I'm going to keep scrolling. I'm going to scroll faster. I'm going to look for somebody that I haven't called on yet. A simple crusader. 
You know what, a simple crusader, I just took note of you. I saw your comments on the last couple of videos. Thank you for joining me. Let's cancel both the Democrats and the Republicans. They are two different sides of the same coin. Wake up, people. We have no true right in this country. Guys, I could tee off on this. I could do an hour video just about the anti-Catholic sentiment in these United States. If not around the world. I know a bunch of people are watching from the Philippines, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, England, United Kingdom. Cheers to you. Cheers to all of you around the world who are watching in the English-speaking world. God bless you. We got problems. Yeah, I know a lot of you are looking to the United States. Here's what's sad. Can I just say this? This is another unpopular opinion. Here's what's sad. The English speakers around the world are looking to us, the rugged individualists around the world uh, from the United States. I was, already was zoomed in on me. I, th- I should zoom out just for eye relief. You've already seen me, okay? You know what I look like. They're looking for us because we're supposedly the rugged individuals. We pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're the ones that fomented revolution over a tax on our precious tea, which none of us drink, except in the deep south in which you drink iced tea, which is always sweet. If you want an unsweet iced tea, you have to specify unsweet. If you're with Katie in Atlanta and you just order a tea, guess what? It's going to be sweet, diabetically sweet. But other than that, we don't drink hot tea. We, don't have, we have no tea ceremonies. We have no high tea. And yet we broke away from Great Britain over this tea tax, supposedly. And the world is looking to us because we're supposedly the conservatives. And in some ways we are. I debuted this theory on uh, another live stream. I think I was talking about Ireland. One of the apostate bishops there was celebrating a Muslim holiday in an Irish football field. I don't know if it was football as in like soccer uh, or rugby. I think it was a rugby stadium. Somebody corrected me. Sorry if I get it wrong. I'm sorry. It's been a while. But I was doing this video and I was debuting this theory that like, oh, you know, sort of like how, sort of, sort of. You know how Microsoft has a bunch of off-site storage in Ireland? They have a bunch of servers in Ireland. Ireland is sort of like like a like a separate island, its own power grid, its own infrastructure, its all this stuff. So they've got a bunch of servers there that store data, like just in case something happens in either continental Europe or the United States. Sort of how the monks, the monastics in Ireland, laboriously hand copied the scriptures and maintained all of Western civilization while Rome burned to the ground with the barbarians the Western Roman Empire. Western Roman Empire invaded by barbarians, vandals, thugs, burned to the ground. All kinds of sacred manuscripts, art, beautiful things, lost, stolen, plundered. But they never went to Ireland. And you know, no Roman legion ever stepped foot on Ireland. And and I have a story for this. I'm going to land this plane. Stick with me. No Roman legion ever stepped foot on Ireland. They did step foot on Britain. They didn't make it all the way to Ireland. The Irelands, the Irish, the Gales, the Gales invented a form of monasticism which was not Benedictine because St. Benedict and his rule hadn't reached Ireland, but they invented it too alongside of him. Irish monasticism and those 
those saints in Ireland, they were like the off-site storage of Western civilization, of tradition, of the Catholic faith. They were the off-site storage. While Christendom burned, the New World didn't exist, there was one place where it was all kept and preserved, and then it was exported from there after order was restored. That's the model. Now, I think in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong, if you're watching in New Zealand, Ireland, Great Britain, Philippines, etc., you're watching this and you're saying, you're looking to the United States and you're thinking the United States is like that off-site storage. The old world is burning. They're on fire. They're way ahead of us in the United States in terms of oppressing people, subjecting the church, nationalizing assets, oppressing people. And they're thinking, well, it's the Americans that may save all of us. I mean, we do have a history of that. According to us, we have a history of that. And maybe we are. Maybe the United States of America are the off-site storage facilities of tradition, of the Orthodox Catholic faith. Maybe Rome will burn to the ground. Maybe the eternal city will be engulfed in the same flames that the cities of San Francisco, San Jose, and Los Angeles have been engulfed in. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not wishing it. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that it might happen. And if it does, lots of people will rightly look west to the United States, to the New World. Just like that famous speech that Winston Churchill, Freemason, gave, where he said, and even if... The old world fails in stopping Hitler. We cannot give up because we will be rescued by the new world. That was him sort of signaling, hey, United States, going to need you, pal. Probably not going to win without you. So, okay, in a military sense, there may be some precedent to the United States being the off-site storage location of tradition of Catholicism, of culture, certainly not of culture. Guys, we have no culture here. Let's just be on, let's just be honest about it. We don't have nice things. We're an IKEA culture. Okay? We're a Walmart culture. We don't have culture, but we may have tradition. We may have some truth. And I feel bad because all of the people in the English speaking world who are looking to us, and I'm gonna land this plane. And this is self-deprecating. This is a hard truth. And we need to hear this, Americans. They're standing up around the world. There are millions of people in Europe, millions of them, who are ready to take back their church, their culture, their freedom, their lives. It's happening in Germany, in the UK, in Ireland, in Spain. Why hasn't it happened here? Why? Why hasn't it happened in the land of the free and the home of the brave? Why haven't the rugged individualist Americans pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and protested this tyranny? This bio-tyranny that we live in, 
It's just an extension of the security state, of the anti-terrorist state. Did you watch that video by Corbett? Linking the federal powers that were invented after 9-11 to the federal powers that are now being used against us in biosecurity? It's the same people. It's the same technologies. Why haven't we stood up in the United States? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I show up. My family shows up. We show up to the anti-mask rallies. We show up to the, uh, you know, recall governor such and such or mayor such and such things. We show up. We do our part. Why haven't the Americans set up like the Europeans? The Europeans are looking at us. We have the most Latin masses in the whole world. We have the most traditional priests in the whole world. We have the most going on in the whole world. Not per capita. France has us beat per capita. But in gross numbers, nobody comes close. Nobody. And yet, we're a bunch of cowards. We're a bunch of cowards. Do you know who we are? I'm going to tell you who we are. If you're still watching this, fine. I'm going to show you who we are. We are the dogs, the lap dogs that approach this altar (laughs) with our tongues out. (laughs) And we lap up our Lord off of the dessert tray that our masters serve us. Yes, I know this is the fraternity in Germany. It's not America. I get it. I get it, guys. But that's who we are. The world expects better of us, and we have not stood up, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't, and we need to. We need to. Clericalism, in a way, did cause the crisis in the church in the United States and the Western world. Clericalism, in a way, is the reason why. When you give undue deference to the clerical class, they can take advantage of you. They did that to our bodies, and now they're doing that to our souls, the clerical class. If you give them undue reverence, I'm not saying don't give them any reverence. Give them reverence, which is due according to their office. If I saw Bishop Barron in the street, do you know what I would do? I would kiss his ring. I would. I would. You know what I called him earlier in the live stream? You know what name I called him? But I would kiss his ring because it's not about him. It's about his office, and I would reverence his office. But we have to distinguish between the man and the office, and when we fail to distinguish between the man and the office, that leads to clericalism because you start to think, oh my goodness, Father said it, so that closes the book on it. No, are you kidding me? Father can say whatever he wants. I'm with St. Alphonsus Liguori. Father can say whatever he wants. I'm with St. Robert Bellarmine. Father can say whatever he wants to the extent he is with the saints, the doctors of the church. Great, I'm with him. To the extent he's in error, he's in error. I don't care what he says. I don't have to listen. It's wrong. That's where we have to be, ladies and gentlemen. You have to distinguish between the man and the office. I don't know who got me on this, 
we haven't stood up in America. We're clericalists here. I don't know why. And it's and it's a really big deal in the traditional conservative Orthodox um, Catholic community, too. It's a really big deal. And we have to stop. Okay? We have to stop. You, as the father, husband, protector, provider of your house, you're responsible for your children getting to heaven. You are. That's how you'll be judged. You are responsible. Don't outsource that. Don't outsource the responsibility. You know what you can never do? Learn this in the Marine Corps. You can delegate authority, but you cannot delegate responsibility. Okay? You can delegate authority. And this is how we run our houses, men. Everything that happens in your house or fails to happen is on you. It doesn't matter if you delegated the authority to your wife, to your oldest son, to whatever. You cannot delegate responsibility. You can't then say, well, this person that I told to do something didn't do it, and it didn't happen, and therefore it's not my fault. It's their fault. Guess what, fathers, husbands? It's your fault. It's your fault. You cannot delegate responsibility. You are responsible for the souls in your house, not your bishop, not your priest. Don't outsource that to the extent that they are in line with the holy fathers and doctors of the church. Great. Support them, celebrate them, reverence them. Patronize them too. Support them. Support them. It's one of the precepts of the church. You have to support the church. Find ways to do it. Find ways to support the good priest if you can. <sighs> that was a lot. That, that, listen, that's one of the lessons. That's one of the reasons why RTF exists, ladies and gentlemen. Heavy lies the crown. Lonely is our job, especially as men. Certainly as women, too. It's lonely there, too. But it's uniquely lonely as men because we can't just say, well, whatever father says, father's in charge of my family. If father's in charge of your family, get ready for a train wreck. Get ready for a train wreck. Cynthia says, our associate spoke out at mass this weekend against BLM and Antifa and has been scolded by our pastor. They speak out and are immediately taken out by the hierarchy of the church. Oh, that's right. We're, that's a that's a pattern that's going to repeat. It may not even be Cynthia that your pastor disagrees with anything your associate said. It may not be that your pastor finds fault with the logic of what your associate said. It most likely is your pastor just doesn't want to deal with the bishop pastor just doesn't want to deal with the chancellor. Your pastor doesn't want to get called in and say, hey, did you know Father such and such? Was yes, I did. I did know. What did you do about it? Well, I let him say it. I didn't do anything about it. Because you can't delegate, again, responsibility. You can delegate authority, but you can't delegate responsibility. The pastor is responsible for anything that happens at the parish and for what is said and not said. Pastor just he doesn't he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't his career is on the line. His faculties are on the line. 
All right, we've got a ton of comments. I can't even. Some people are now drinking coffee. That's great. You're probably in the Philippines. Um, you got. You guys are great. There are so many comments. I can't possibly get to all these. I am just. Can I just? I want to tell you two things real quick. I uh, just two things. First of all, I am overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed at the response lately that the channel has been getting. Just standing up for our priests. Just giving a voice of support, lending them a shoulder to lean on. Just saying, you know what? I support Father Nolan. I support Father Altman. I support Father Rothrock. Just saying that um, has has created so many new friends and so many new subscribers. And I'm overwhelmed with all of it. Guy, like I said, I'm not a professional Catholic. I don't do this for a living. My livelihood does not depend on pleasing you or making you happy or making these YouTube videos or not stepping on it or keeping friends or playing politics or winning Catholic Twitter or anything like that. I the only uh, my my um livelihood is totally separate from this. I do this as a labor of love, as a passion. It takes me away from my now soon to be six children. It's an incredible amount of work. Here I am. It's almost midnight. I'm talking to you. I do this because I love the church. I love you, and I'm overwhelmed by all of you. So thank you so much. Thank you for liking this channel. There are so many other channels that you should be liking as well. I don't believe that uh, there, that, that like Catholic Twitter or conservative, you know, social media should be competitive. I don't think that if you subscribe to me that you're going to unsubscribe from some other channel. I don't think that it's a zero-sum game. I think more is more. I want more traditional, good, solid, orthodox Latin masses. More is more. I want them across the street from each other. More is more is my motto, and we need to band together. I'm so grateful that all of you are doing that, that you're subscribed to my channel Please don't 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 do don't do that in exchange for not f- subscribing to some other channel. Okay, I, all of us need to be working together. Thank you for that. The second thing that I want to tell you, the second thing, is that um, I had an issue with the podcasts. Okay, I had an issue with the podcasts. And initially when we released the podcast back when there were like three or four of us at RTF and we were all kind of like dividing and conquering and I wasn't really in charge of the podcast, the podcast got released as like different playlists in YouTube. So there's a living the faith podcast. There's a fathers and doctors podcast. There's a full disclosure podcast. These are all different products that I put out on YouTube, but it's all going to the same channel. And people were like, oh, you have three different podcasts? And then nobody could keep up with it. And then the one person who said that he would keep up with it just doesn't. And that's fine. It's a lot of work. So what I've done with the podcast, just so you know, and I'm going to release a few memes and informational so people know that the podcasts are being updated, is I am re-releasing all the podcasts, okay, under just Restoring the Faith. Because that's the name of this channel, and that should be the name of the podcast. Now, some of the products 
you'll get our full disclosure, which are interview style of shows where you don't hear from me for two hours, where I actually save my voice for the next day. <laughs> you know, like I didn't, I'm not lecturing you. I'm not talking to you. I'm not taking your question. I'm just interviewing someone who I think is interesting and their opinions are coming out and I'm not even really reacting to their opinions. That's full disclosure. You might get that, but it's still restoring the faith. It's still me. It's still this channel. Um, you might get a living the faith, which is a more deliberate podcast where I like make a presentation and usually there are like dates and facts and um, canonical things and scriptural references. There are images and all that. And it's really nice. It's a nice presentation. Those don't get a lot of views relative to like these live streams where we're talking about the world that's collapsing around us. But you also get this. You also get the live streams. All three of those things, all everything, the prayers, everything. I'm just releasing kind of. I'm dumping it into Podcastville. So you can just subscribe to the Restoring the Faith podcast. I've got a couple dozen, I think, or maybe at least a dozen already released. I have them all scheduled. I'm releasing them every single day going back for the last 18 months. So I'm re-releasing all this stuff. And um, so you can subscribe if you prefer to consume this stuff as a podcast. That's all out there. I'm, I'm sorry that we always kind of were behind in releasing the podcast, and it's because we made it so complicated on ourselves, but I'm trying to make it simple. So Restoring the Faith in Apple, in Google, Android, um, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts, Restoring the Faith, it's out there. I've been working for like the last month to get that up. It is up, and I've scheduled shows. This live stream will be out as a podcast, for example, uh, like within within days, not within weeks or months like it used to be. So um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen. For me, it is still the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. And I don't, I don't have any prayer books in front of me, and I'm not the kind of person who's just going to make up a prayer. I saw your comment, Mark Becker, that we should end with a prayer. And... Um, I think that would be a, that would be a good idea. I should I should have like a standard sign off, like a standard ending of the show prayer. But I don't. But I'll just leave you with this: what I heard today at mass from a priest I've never met before, because I try to support all the traditional masses in my whole area. So I went to a parish I don't normally go to. I listened to a sermon from a priest that I've never met. You know what he said? I've never heard before today on the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. The cross, he said all the things about the cross that you would expect him to say. You know, it's a sign of contradiction. It's a sign, it's, it's a sign of torture. It's really weird to reverence a sign of torture. Like, imagine if our Lord was hung by a noose. Imagine if we referenced the noose instead of, you know what I mean? Like, he said all those things. But the one thing that he said that I had never heard before is that the cross also represents, it also represents the two great commandments. We have to love God, which is the long portion, the vertical portion of the cross pointing up to heaven. And we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's a shorter portion. And I think the proportions are right. You have to love God more than your neighbor. That's what the modernists get wrong. That's what Bishop Barron gets wrong. He thinks you should love your neighbor and not God. 
But that's what I heard today at Holy Mass. And I want to leave you with that thought that we need, that the cross, yes, it's a sign of contradiction. It's a sign of torture. It's a sign of suffering. It's a sign of triumph. Today is the exaltation of the Feast of the Holy Cross. 1,700 years ago, St. Helena, mother of Emperor St. Constantine the Great. She found the cross. She built the church. But the cross is also a physical representation of the two great commandments. We have to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole being. And we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, Merely as we love ourselves, And we're not supposed to love ourselves that much. We're supposed to love ourselves just enough to get to heaven. We're supposed to will our own good into heaven. That's it. That's it. That's why this one is the short side. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel. Share everything. Share it so that the Russian YouTube bots will present this video to other people and we can get the truth out there. You are not. I have a video in mind for next week, a live stream. I'm going to give you the most <laughs> insane, insane theory. You thought this theory was out there? I have another theory. And it involves Archbishop Vigano. God bless you.